What up, world? It's your Passwords point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you five days a week, Monday through Friday. Start your weekdays with it. Tell your friends to do the same as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are continuing our third annual Locked on Blazers countdown to tip-off running through every player on the roster, giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Blazers. We'll look at how they performed last season, how they wound up on the Blazers, and talk best and worst case scenarios, and then wrap up the episode with a discussion of expectations and likely role that they will have on the team. This is the third one that we have done this year. If you've missed the first two, we've talked Jeremy Grant and Shaden Sharp. Go back in your feed and find those. Or if you're a YouTube watcher, there is a playlist on the YouTube channel to get all of your season previews. Eventually, we'll have everybody on the roster, and if the roster changes a little bit, so will we but uh it's a good way to get caught up and if you're a new listener it's a good way to kind of um you know get hear all of my takes on who's gonna play and what i think it's going to look like all in one spot uh some some evergreen content as we head into the season so like I said, check those out if you haven't seen them uh, today. We're we're playing the three. We're talking Matisse Thibel and Nazir Little. Let's get into it. Look back at what they did last season. Nazir Little played in 54 games, including four starts, averaged 6.6 points, 2.6 boards, and 18.1 minutes a night. Shot 44.2% from the floor, including a career best 36.7% from three, 71.7% from the free throw stripe. He appeared in the first 21 games off the bench, but then he fractured uh, a bone in his hip, like the ball joint of his hip in a non-contact injury against the Clippers on November 29th, and he missed the next six weeks. Came back January 15th and played through the end of March before spraining his left ankle and missing the final five games of the season. Uh, There were moments during Nazir Little's season last year when he was shooting upwards of 38 plus percent from three, north of 38 percent from three. He was the best he had the best shooting season of his career from distance. Um, that impacted him as a rebounder. He was not nearly this prior season. He had been a really good, particularly on the offensive end, as a chasing down rebounders. But as he got, he became more comfortable around the arc and started hunting more shots there from around the arc. His shot diet and shot profile changed. And while he became a better shooter, it's it. it I don't know if it cut into the other parts of his game, but it certainly impacted it. Um, I think you could argue making threes is more valuable than crashing the glass to some extent. But um, depending on what your role is, both. Both certainly have value. On the other side, or the other guy we're talking about today, not on the other side, Matisse Thibel. Came over in part of a four-team deal that included sending Josh Hart to the Knicks. The Blazers, uh, you know, initially it was reported that they just agreed to it as as separate deals. But eventually got roped into roped into a larger four-teamer, including Charlotte and Philly, where Matisse Thybulle was before. And the Blazers sent out two second-round picks. One of them got rerouted to Charlotte. One of them stayed with Philly, who also ended up getting Jaden McDaniels in the deal. So Matisse Thybulle comes over at the trade deadline, appeared in 22 games for the Portland Trail Blazers. Averaged 7.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.4 assists, and played 27.7 minutes a night. He was 
43.8% shooter from the field, 38.8% from three with the Blazers. He, on the season, including his games in Philly, where he eventually just fell out of the rotation and um, had become had become an afterthought and it was time for him to move on. Philly decided it was time, you know, let's get something because this isn't going to work. He shot on the season 36.5% from three, his, his career best, and he finished uh, his Blazer run shooting 62.5% from the free throw line in 22 games. For the Blazers, Matisse Thibault made 85 three-pointers in 22 games. Excuse me, uh, attempted, attempt, not made, attempted 85 three-pointers in 22 games. That's 3.9 a game. That is a career high on a per-game basis. That's a career high on a per-possession basis. That's a career high on a per-minute basis. No matter how you slice it, Matisse Thibault, when he got to Portland, got the green light to put it up. He shot more of them and made more of them than he ever had in his career. It is admittedly not a, a, this massive, massive sample size, but in some ways it is the thing that has held Thibel back is that what does he do on offense? Well, if the answer is shoot it, he really does sort of start to fill in the blanks of a 3 and D player. Um, he arrived two days before the All-Star break. He played in 15 games in sort of the, like the non-tanking, like true tanking, just kind of like normal bad basketball team stuff. And then he played seven after they kind of pulled the plug and rested Ant and Dame and Nurk and never brought Jeremy Grant back from, from an injury. Uh, his numbers were like basically the same a little bit better um, shooting when he played without the sort of the regulars when he played with the bench guys, but a little bit quieter other stats. Um, you know, it felt like to my eyeballs that Matisse Thibel was a lot more impactful when he played with better teammates and a lot less impactful with worse teammates, which is like totally normal for a role player, right? Like that, that's kind of like um, when you're, when you're like a floor raiser um, and not a ceiling raiser, like you, you, um, you kind of need help from those from those around you because you're just going to sort of set a baseline of competence. But if you have better but better teammates, you're going to be able to. You're just going to have, have generally more success. Uh, but the numbers don't bear out what exactly what my eyeballs remember seeing. So those seven games where I felt like he was worse and quieter, it might be true, but it doesn't again just in terms of counting stats, um, not exact, not exactly true, Michael from the past. And then entering the offseason this summer, Matisse Thibel was a restricted free agent and received a um, he received a offer sheet from the Dallas Mavericks for three years and $33 million. The Mavs gave Matisse Thibel all of the money they possibly could. They'd already made some other signings and they gave him as much money as they possibly could based on their salary cap situation. And they tried to do all the bells and whistles to make it unappealing. They gave him a fat trade kicker, which means he gets, you know, a bonus if he gets traded that, that counts against the Blazers cap. They gave him a player option for the final year. You know, they gave him everything you could possibly do to make the, the deal unappealing because that's what you got to do in restricted free agency. The Blazers said unappealing, whatever. Three for 33 is fine for Matisse Thibel. We'd be happy to bring him back. And they matched the offer, bringing Thibel back into the fold. Thibel, like Nazir Little, begins a multi-year deal this year. Nazir Little signed an extension prior to the season for four years at $28 million. And uh, Nazir Little will begin... Uh, we'll begin that extension this year. And Matisse Thibel begins that extension this year. These are two players under contract uh, for multiple seasons at a very reasonable number, below the mid-level exception, uh, in in sort of like that um, 
role player range. If they are valuable contributors, they are on really team friendly deals. And if they aren't particularly valuable contributors, they're not um, onerous contracts by any means. They're just like, oh, okay. I guess you got to pay Matisse Thibault 11 million bucks. Guess you got to pay Nazir Little $8 million. It's pretty simple. These these contracts aren't going to hurt. They are relatively low risk and they have a great deal of upside if either of these gentlemen pop as like positive starters, high-level contributors to a team. Um, like, I, I don't know that over the next three seasons, the Blazers are going to be like super duper competitive and good. I would assume that they will be They'll maybe have one year of being competitive over the next three, and it'll be the third one. Um, but it, this is two gentlemen who are going to compete for similar roles on the team, that small forward position, that wing position. Matisse could play a little bit too if he was on a, a team that wasn't oops all guards like the Blazers. And Nazir Little could also play two, and he's played a little bit of four, although I think he's probably settled in as a, as a little bit better of a shooter now as a small forward. So both of these guys are kind of in the same spot. Um, Bible's probably likely to have more natural playing time this year, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in the show. But what I want to do in the second segment is talk best and worst case scenarios. Because we know what they did. So now let's talk about what they can do. Set the polls on what the best case and the worst case looks like for Matisse Seibel and what the best case and worst case looks like for Nazir Little. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, whatever the unexpected is. Uh, you know, big climate disasters, supply chain issues, even just traveling and not being close to your home base, you should be able to have that peace of mind. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. And the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you that peace of mind. So you're not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace case makes sure you have that medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Instead, check out Jace Medical and save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And the promo code is LOCKEDON. All right. Let's talk best case and worst case scenarios. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we, this is my third annual version of this. And so what, what I like to do in these um, season previews is set the polls, uh, set my what I believe is the best case and the worst case scenario. And, and the idea is that every player is going to fall in the middle of the best case and worst case. Some of them exceed it. A handful of them over time have gone below the worst case scenario. But I, I, I try to make these... Um, I try to make these useful, believable, and the and the line I use is is within reason and without injury. So reasonable expectations and worst case scenarios that don't involve your body breaking down. So what's the best case scenario for Nazir Little? It's that he fits into the rotation as a consistent positive and makes a clear case over 40, 50, maybe 60 even straight games that he could and can be a starting NBA wing. The best case scenario is that the skills that Nazir Little has flashed, a uh, knack for offensive rebounding, some um, some defensive acumen when the ball's right in front of him, and, and really legitimately improved shooting a season ago, that all of those skills that he's flashed in moments, they show up, and they show up consistency. 
consistently, excuse me, and he stays on the floor and he is uh, able to play not just six weeks at a time here and there and spots and, and fits and starts is that he is in the rotation and then demands to stick in the rotation and then demands more minutes. The best case scenario for Nazir Little is that he is consistently a positive contributor. The best case scenario for Nazir Little is that he is part of the NBA, an NBA team's plan every single night because he is too good not to play. What's the best case scenario for, for Matisse Thibel? It's that he shoots above league average from three on similar volume to his 22-game stint with the Blazers. If Matisse Thibel is a 36-37% three-point shooter and he already does what he does on defense, which I think is kind of a given... He's going to be good, but the difference for him is volume. If Matisse Thibel had made nine three-pointers across his, nine more three-pointers across his first four NBA seasons, he'd be a career 35% three-point shooter. He had some bad years. His second year and his third year in the NBA, he shot below 30, 30% and 31% from three, right? He was bad in those bad shooting years. Shot 35% as a rookie, shot 36% last season. It's not like he's awful. He's not an awful shooter. He's just not someone that teams respect from three. And I'm, I'm telling you, nine threes over four years. So two a year and then one year he makes a third. It's not like this is a, a big number to get him to a career 35% shooter. You don't need to bust out some crazy calculator. He, he's just, he's a, a literally a, a handful of, a, a handful of rim outs over the course of seven months uh, in each of the seasons, uh, you know, in each of the last four seasons. And he's a 35% career three point shooter. So for me, it's, it's, you can imagine him without, without, without much, without much imagination, without really, you're going too far into wonderland being a 35% shooter. I'm saying best case scenario is a little better than that. The league average last year was just above 36%. So uh, Matisse Thibel shoots 36.5% from three on similar volume, like four a game, like he did last year for the Blazers. The accuracy is probably believable. The volume and the accuracy is what will get him to the best case scenario. And as I mentioned, that's in addition to one of the leagues, continuing to be one of the league's best defensive playmakers. I don't think uh, Matisse has a chance, probably barring something really special for making an all-defense team this year, because I think the Blazers are going to struggle um, and typically guys on teams that aren't very good don't get on all defense teams. It's just like, it's, it's, it's unlikely, but that doesn't mean that he can't be really good. Not everyone needs hardware to be really good, right? If Matisse Thibel is a, the defensive playmaker that he's been throughout his career, and I think he will be, he's a great shot blocker. He's really good at getting the passing lanes, he kind of plays and baits players into throwing passes to make steals. He has good anticipation as a, as a rotating defender um, on the perimeter and on the backside. He's, he's just really good at making plays on, on defense. The best case scenario is that he continues to do that because he's always done that throughout his four years. That's never been a question for him. You know, he's two-time second-team all-defense. Um, he's that That is there, and the shooting comes along. So what's the worst-case scenario? Let's start with Nazir Little. It's that he remains inconsistent, and as he hits the first year of his four-year contract, he doesn't seem like this super good value as a rotation player, but instead looks like someone who probably belongs on a minimum contract and a fringe rotation rotation piece probably making twice as much money as he would otherwise if he hadn't signed that contract early the the contract that could be pretty stunning value if little is a plus contributor looks like 
a mild overpay. It looks like, no, well, good for Nas that he got his 28 million bucks because he hasn't quite figured it out. The worst case scenario for Nazir Little looks like this season. It really does, in which he his limitations hold him back. He struggled a lot on defense. He looked like in his third season he had made real strides on defense. It did not translate into year four. He struggled on defense. He remains um, a limited ball handler. He does not have a tight handle, does not have a lot of wiggle. He's probably never going to have that at this point in his career. He's a straight line driver. If he has to move side to side and, and, and have to make multiple moves and multiple combos, he doesn't really have that. And because he doesn't have the handle and he's a straight line driver, his playmaking is somewhat limited. I think Azir Little actually sees the floor okay, but based on what he's able to do with the ball in his hands, he isn't able to make high-level passes. And the worst-case scenario is that the inconsistency is there. The defense still struggles. He is, you know, a shooter but not a rebounder, and a rebounder and not a shooter, which he's been the last each of the last two seasons. And inconsistency is just sort of the name of the game. The difference between, you know, out of the rotation, in the rotation is consistency. The difference between bench and starter is consistency. And the difference between starter and star is consistency. The players who can, who can be great all the time are stars. Most others hit it every so often some never hit it that's the name of the nba is consistency and for and and then that c word is the thing that has followed nas some of it is health we're not really talking about that here some of it just hasn't been able to stay on the floor and stay healthy but if he can be a the worst case scenario is that he continues to be inconsistent and much like last year he's the guy who gets squeezed when the blazers have to make and chauncey billups has to make rotation decisions nazir little was the guy who was getting his minutes pinched when they had more wings that could play on any given night or if someone was playing well it was Nazir Little's minutes who were going to get um, who were going to get got on any given night he was the one who was going to see a reduction in playing time and the worst case scenario is that year five looks a lot like that what's the worst case scenario for Matisse Thibel it's pretty narrow it's pretty narrow uh, I think the best case and worst case for Matisse Thibel is um, kind of what he does on offense the first game that Matisse Thibel played for the Blazers, they beat the Lakers, he made four three-pointers, and they straight up did not guard him. They did not guard him from three. And I think the worst case scenario is that not only does he continue to get that level of respect, so even as he continues, can, if he shoots well, that no one treats him like a shooter, so he doesn't actually have much gra gravity and impact and pull. Like, you, if, if defenses don't respect you... There, even it go even it going in a slightly above average clip matters a little bit less because you you're not actually opening up the floor. You shoot thirty nine percent from three like you did. It starts to be okay, particularly if you can up that volume from four a game to like six threes a game and shoot forty percent from three, thirty nine percent from three. Then then if they don't, they'll eventually they will indeed guard you. But the worst case scenario for Matisse Thibel is that the things that caused him to slip out of the rotation in Philly is that he just doesn't do a lot on offense. Um, he doesn't pass. He doesn't attack the rim. He has some turnover issues when he tries to do those things. And the shooting has been inconsistent. Um, even though he had his best shooting season of his career last year, he has never been a consistently high-level volume shooter in the league. He has been the 3 and D, except not really a three-point shooter and he's not a rebounder he's just not um 
you know, he's a guy who's going to, if he's going to be impactful on both ends, it's going to be because of shooting, probably. Like, that's the thing that's going to set him apart. Because unlike Nas, he's not this, like, crazy crasher of the glass. So, like, oh, okay, well, if you get offensive rebounds, that does change the calculation. The worst case scenario for Matisse Thibel is that he is enough of a negative on offense that what he brings on defense doesn't quite matter. That's the worst case scenario. And I think for Matisse, um, I'll mention that I'll talk about this a little in the third segment, but like to me, he's not necessarily a traditional lockdown guy. Um, he might get that ask to be a, like a, the lockdown point of attack defender. He's a playmaker roamer type. Like that's where he can be his absolute most menacing self. Can he, can he guard in space? Sure. Sure. He's a really good defensive player, but he's not like your sort of traditional run our test lock you up type of defender. Um, he's a guy who gets steals and blocks and makes plays. And if he could play off other good defenders, he could be even more special. And the worst case scenario is that that what he does best isn't what he's asked to do. And like a lot of guys, when you're asked to do something, when your best skills aren't the ask you get every night, you look a little bit worse. The, the worst case scenario is that Matisse Thibel is still an excellent defensive playmaker, but his role on defense doesn't fit what he does, and he just doesn't ever get it on offense. Okay, let's talk expectation and role for both of these guys, how, how they're going to fit in and what I expect from them uh, after we've set the polls of best and worst case scenario. That's what we'll do in the third segment. But first... Let's talk FanDuel. Why don't you snap into that NFL season? It is here, and it's a great time to get involved with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole bunch more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off your NFL season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked best and worst case scenarios. And the idea with best and worst case scenarios in these player previews is, like I said, to set the polls. Set one end, set the other end. Everyone is, is in, in my mind, in my logic brain, supposed to fall in the middle. So let's talk about what the middle looks like for each of these two gentlemen. Um, let's start with Nazir Little. Uh, I think he is, I think the chances of him being primed for a big 25 minute a night role are very unlikely. I think he is a 17 plus and then you have to earn it, maybe 15 and earn it, honestly, because I think Matisse Thibel is going to play a bunch of minutes. We'll talk about him in a moment. And I think Shaden Sharp's going to have to play between like, depending on what the roster looks like, between like six and 17 minutes at small forward, depending on the Damian Lord's availability and, and when that situation resolves itself in one way or another. Uh, Shaden Sharp's going to play like there's no doubt about it. Shaden Sharp's going to push 25, 28, 30 some minutes as in his second season and Matisse Thibel's going to play. So I don't think there is a clear 25 minute a night role for Nazir Little, but I do think he's part of the rotation on night one and will have a chance to cement himself in that role. I think the shooting for Nazir Little is real. Um, I think he's improved his form significantly. Um, he was he shot a really flat, kind of hitchy, not like a big hitch, but minor hitch, flat jumper when he came into the league. He puts a lot more arc on the ball now. It just looks prettier. He just looks he looks like someone who's like uh, worked on his shot a lot and and fixed the mechanics and fixed the look of it and just like he looks more comfortable shooting the ball. He shot the ball with real confidence last year. I think that's real. Um, 
I worry that his the defensive issues that he showed last season are just kind of part of who he is. Defense is a skill. Like I know your high school basketball coach told you it was all effort and energy, but it's not. It's a skill. Some guys have it. Some guys don't. Because if it was all effort and energy, everyone could be good on defense. You can certainly be better. There is a requisite level of effort and energy required. Uh, that's what requisite means. I'm glad I used that twice in the sentence. There's a requisite level of of, of energy and effort to be a good defender. But there's a skill level. There's an anticipation level. There's a feel to it on defense. There's a real feel. I'm not sure Nas has that feel. He had showed flashes in year three of like when the ball was in front of him, he could really guard it. But the team concept totally, it, it just it just escaped him. He didn't have it. Um, he would be in the wrong spot. He'd be late. He'd be early. But then you've overhelped and then like um, it just it wasn't there for him. Last year was bad on the ball too. Like he just he took a step back. He regressed on defense a little bit. And some of that might be just like play for six weeks you miss six weeks you play for six weeks like just not being in there every night right it's like okay i'm back i took six weeks off i gotta find it again um but i think the shooting is real i think the defensive woes might be real so for me he just seems like he seems like the blazers 10th guy um and i think there's a world in which he is you know ninth or 10th guy and i think there's a world in which he is out of the rotation although i if i right now i believe he is night one part of the rotation I think he's your backup small forward and that's because Matisse Thibel is your starting small forward I do not think there is a scenario in which Matisse Thibel is not the starting small forward I mean I don't know I should maybe I shouldn't say that when the Blazers trade for Scotty Barnes no I don't know I'm being uh, now I'm being silly but like should the Blazers trade for a high level wing in the Damian Lillard trade and when they when they do acquire Scotty Barnes from from the Toronto Raptors yeah sure like everything changes and like uh, uh, all of these previews will be for naught. But um, assuming that the Blazers do not get back a starting level small forward and, and they get, it's, I don't know, um, the, the rumored packages from the Miami Heat or whatever, um, I, that, not or whatever, that, um, I think Thibault is going to play and start. I had mentioned in previous episodes, and if you're a longtime listener, I appreciate you. Uh, that I, I, I like Thibel as a starter and a low minute starter, but looking back at how Chauncey played him last year, and this is like a lot of part of the sort of the logic that I like to bring to the show. He played 28 minutes a night last year. He's not going to dip down to 15. The only reason that would happen is if the Blazers make a deep, deep commitment to, to, um, developmental minutes. And they say like, okay, okay. Chris, Chris Murray's going to play. Jabari Walker's going to play. Uh, Shaden Sharp's going to play 35 a night, right? Like we're going to not just get Shaden Sharp on the court for 28, 35, right? And you need those extra seven minutes and he gets squeezed. I think Matisse is going to play 25 plus still because coaches, for the most part, lean on vets who aren't going to make mistakes. And Matisse Thibel has some issues, you know, on offense, but he's not going to make too many mistakes on defense. He's, he's pretty clearly their best defender by, by a wide margin. Um, so like, He's going to play because coaches lean on vets who can contribute, particularly on defense. Like, you you don't want to just hemorrhage points. I think he's a 20, like, I don't, 28. He might be in that range again. It wouldn't surprise me. But he's going to, he's not going to be a low minute starter as I once pined for. Maybe he'll get there eventually. Maybe like in January, February, March, that, that becomes the more, more common role. And, you know, as things change and injuries or whatever, and if Shane Sharp is like just too good not to play, it might change things, right? Like if Sharp pops, um, then it's like, Hey, Matisse, get, get out of here, dog. But like, 
I think Matisse Leibel is going to play 28 minutes a night. And I think, you know, I, I assume he'll shoot somewhere in the 34 and a half to 35% from three. And I assume that he'll be someone who gets, you know, a little more than a block and a little more than a steal a night. And is a good playmaker on defense. I mentioned the, the, the not traditional defender thing. And I want to mention that again here. I think Matisse Thibel is going to get the like, hey, De'Aaron Fox is in town, go guard him. Hey, Paul George is in town, go guard him, which is 100% what should happen, right? Like he's their best defender. That's what you do. But he is not that sort of like traditional sit down in a stance, lock you up defender. He's like a kind of weird lock and trail kind of guy. And he's like, is he guarding him? He's not. Oh, he came up with a steal. Like he's, he kind of, he has this real unique way of approaching defense that um, you would be better off if you had a better point of attack defender and Matisse Thibel was like a roamer or like guarded wings or you could even put him on someone who's like a lesser player and he could ro- and he could cheat and roam and get steals and make plays. Can he guard those best players? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, um, but he's not like crazy, crazy lockup defender. He's a good defensive player. Like, I I don't mean to paint him as that. It's just like, what he does best is, is like, playmake on defense. It's not like, um, I don't know, he's not like Shane Battier, where it's like, he didn't have any stats, but it, the dude he didn't, the dude he guarded didn't score, like, um, or took incredibly difficult shots all night. Uh, Matisse Thibault is, is like, he's, he's bona fides on that end, but um, he's a unique talent. But he's going to play. I think he's like a 27-minute-a-night guy. And I think um, I think he's much more likely to... The pendulum for him is going to swing towards the worst-case scenario because it's just so narrow. Like, the best-case scenario is that he's like an above-average shooter on volume. He's just never been that. And the worst-case scenario is he's like kind of what he's always been. I don't think his floor is much lower than kind of what he's always been. So I think he's much more likely to be in that sort of worst-case scenario range, which, again, is like he's been good on defense and bad on offense. And that would be a very believable expectation for me for Thibault. Those are your small forward minutes. I think there's some minutes maybe for Chris Murray at some point. Um, I don't, I, and there's obviously going to be some minutes, like I said, like somewhere between like six and a lot for Shaden Sharp, depending on what the, the roster looks like. But if they do make a Dame trade, um, we will see, like if they do make the heat version of the Dame trade, I think, the minutes are something like 27 for um, for Matisse Thibel, 15 for, for Nazir Little, and then the final six minutes in a three-guard look where Shaden Sharp plays a little bit of small forward. But we shall see. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. We got more of these previews coming up. Um, there's kind of just like Dame stuff happening, if I'm being totally honest. There's just like, um, there is, there like... If I wanted to do, to lead the show today with the latest Dame stuff, here's the latest Dame stuff. Ladies are talking to teams. <laughs> They're talking to teams. And teams are talking to them, and it's more than just the heat. So we are going to cover the Dame stuff, but we're also going to continue to do these player previews. Uh, like yesterday's show with Shaden Sharp, we kind of led with Dame, and then we'll do player previews. That's what the show's going to look like. Um, we will continue to cover the news as it happens, but we are going to roll along with our player previews as well. So come back for tomorrow's show. Talk Jabari Walker and Chris Murray, two young forwards on the Blazers roster. And for fun, I promise, we'll talk the latest scuttlebutt with what's happening with Damian Lillard. That's going to be tomorrow's show. You're listening to Wednesday, September 20th show. Actually, you just listened to it. It's done. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. Come back for the Thursday show. I'll talk to you soon.